Blog Talk Radio. Every single day, something's gonna come your way, good or bad. You don't need to hang your head, gotta make a move instead. Don't be mad, there's always a way to get everything to positive in your life. Nothing can stop you now. This is Shay Reminger. And you are listening to The Good Life. The Good Life promotes a commitment to a lifestyle of resourcefulness. This is a movement. We are about celebrating the innovators, the risk takers, the movers, the shakers, the go-getters, those who go open other doors, those who find a way to make it all happen. We call them our do-gooders, and that's you, our listening audience, of course. That's right, and you know we are always broadcasting live, and before we do anything, we always want to take the time out to thank our supporters, our community, and family for their positive energy and tangible support to this vision. We never take it lightly, the power to influence, the power to inspire, and empower, and as always, you know what you got to do as you receive do-gooders, you got to pay it forward. So do-gooders, our lines are open right now, and you can call in and join in the conversation. The number is 347-838-8917. Seven. That number again is three four seven eight three eight eight nine one seven. Oh, you know What's I just want to say. <laughs> I want to say every time I hear that theme music, it puts a what? smile on my face. Yes. Oh my god! Shout out to you, Cross. Love, Thank you. Yes, I absolutely <laughs> love our theme song. It's so uplifting. Every time it comes on, I'm singing along. <laughs> I love that song. I love it. I love it. I love it. Yeah. So what's going on? It's it's been a lot. There's a whole lot going on. I mean, there's some some great moments, um, but then there's some sad moments. I lost a friend. Um, over the weekend, um, a dearly, dearly, dearly beloved friend. I've known this man since goodness we were kids. Um, Joey Sales, just want to say, you know, rest in peace and my condolences to the family, to the Sales family. Those of you who are from New York, you probably know or heard of the the Sales family. They are a family of musicians. And Joey was just a wonderful, oh, my gosh, just a wonderful, wonderful spirit. And, um, you know, just died way and, and gone way too soon, you know, only 40 we years old. go get it. He definitely was one. Oh, my you know, gosh, uh, yes. Joey could just make, and, you know, he'd walk in a room and it's just a light. he just have a light about He had a beautiful smile, a wonderful personality. He was definitely a comedian. I was always laughing in Joey's presence, and he will definitely be missed. I mean, oh, gosh, sad to my heart. That's why it's so important, do-gooders, you know, the time that you're given, you know, here, Go forth for what you want to do. Like, you you know, tomorrow is definitely not promised. You know, we all have a gate that we got to cross. We all got to 
we're all going to go the same way, you know. None of us gets out of this thing alive <laughs> called right, life. Right, right. You understand what I'm saying? Right. So while you're here, you know, the dreams that you have inside of you, the things that you always wanted to do, go ahead and do them because tomorrow is not promised and you never know. You just don't it definitely know. definitely is right. It definitely is. And one thing that I can say about Joe is that he did what he wanted to do when he wanted to do it, how he wanted to do it. He definitely lived his life. And um, I remember telling him about the radio show, Adiaga, and he was just like, see, this is what I'm talking about. This is what I'm talking <laughs> I can still, still hear his voice. He was like, this is what I'm talking about. See, this is what you got to do. You do big things. You do big things. Big Don't things. think small. And, and, you know, yeah, and, and he was, he was such a supporter. He was a supporter, and, you know, it's just when you have people like that that are in your lives, you cherish them, and then, you you, you know, you cherish, you just cherish the life, you know, yeah. you cherish life, and it's got me to thinking, you know, since the passing of our, our dear friend and brother, just about, you know, gosh, you know, really making sure that I make my days count, you know, because I really think sometimes, I get in my own way, and we can get in our own way about, you know, what we can accomplish or, you know, uh, we kind of like have a running list of all the things that we didn't do. And so we keep going over the list of things that we didn't do and stuck on didn't do prevents you from doing. It keeps you in a stagnant Mm -hmm. place and space. And I think that, you know, know, especially now with – me and I'm, you know, I'm just, I'm more healthy. You know, I had, you know, major surgery in February, and me just getting back out there, hitting the pavement. I'm just really want to make my days count, and I'm hoping that if you listen, do good is definitely. Hopefully, this this segment will inspire you because there's some things that you you have to get in 2016, and I'm not just talking about money and all those things. That's great, but there's some things that you there's some walls that you have to break down for your own. Um, spiritual fulfillment for your own self-esteem. There's just some roadblocks that have to be taken down because it's just stopping you from being great. You know what I mean? Right. And sometimes the thing that's stopping you from being great is you. Exactly, exactly. You know, it, um, when when you were, when we were talking about the um, tonight's segment and what we were going to be talking about, it, it made me think about um, who has become this generation's motivational speaker, and it's really, really funny, but it's so ironic. Um, everyone is talking about DJ Khaled and his words of motivation. And as ridiculous as some of them may sound, this man is giving people words of encouragement that, like you said, it's it's really now or never. You know, one of the things that he says is they say they want they don't want you to be successful. So what are you going to do? We're going to be successful. We're going to eat breakfast. We're going to get up and go out and do what we need to do. I mean, it sounds ridiculous when he's saying it, but mm-hmm. when you really think about it at, at its core, he's, he's telling, you know, us to do the right thing. You get up, you eat a good meal, you get some energy. Energy and you go out and you, you know, accomplish goals and you set a goal for yourself and you prove to people who are naysayers, whether it's someone outside or it's the own voice in your head, you prove them wrong. And every time you come up against an obstacle, you say to yourself, I'm going to do it because they don't want me to be successful because why? We the best. You know, it's... <laughs> 
call positive self-talk. Exactly. And a lot of people are not saying, a lot of people are not telling themselves, you know what, yes, I'm going to get up and do this. Yes, you know what, I am I am smart. Yes, I am, you know, I have the skills that I need to make it. A lot of people are not saying those things or speaking those things over themselves. They're not talking in that language. They're talking in the language of woulda, coulda, shoulda. Right, exactly, exactly. Well, if I you know, would have had this, I could have done that. And if I could, you know, had this been in place, then maybe I would have, you know, I should have done it, but I didn't because. Any time I hear someone start off with any of those phrases, I, I literally, I feel myself going numb because, you know, we all have had moments where, you know, we talk ourselves out of things. But when you've already set yourself up, you know, to say it's not going to work, I, I really can't, I, I can't have the conversation with you because for me, I feel like it's going to be triply hard for me to convince you that you actually can do it. And, you know, maybe you need to work on a baby step because when you're saying, well, you know, I already tried it, did you? Did you really try? Well, some people want instant success. No, no, no. Some people, because we live in a day and age where it's click and go, touch and go, whatever I need in life, I can Google it. I can go and on my little iPhone, I can find out. People don't go to libraries no more. They don't want to sit. You know what I'm saying? Right. Touch and go. It's click. It's microwavable. It's a lunchable. Right. <laughs> <laughs> you want a lunchable life. It's, just, it's packaged. You got everything you need. It's right in the compartment. It's exactly how much you need it, when you need it. Just pop it in and go. You right. want a lunchable right. life, a Googleable, everything is Googleable for you. And people are not, I'm not saying they're not willing to put in the work. Well, some people are not willing to put in the work, but the ones that do decide, okay, let me try, let me give myself a chance, when it doesn't happen the first time, it's like, oh, well, well, right. I guess it wasn't for me. Right, and you never tried. It wasn't meant to be. Right. You have to, you have to, you know, put your put put one foot out there, at least, you know. And and I feel, you know, we like you said, everyone wants a microwave success. No one wants to put any type of work in, not even the minimum, you know, amount of work. And I, I feel like number one, we need to get out of that because we have to be able to take a risk, some type of risk. You know, even if it's just changing. Yeah, anything there's a risk. You know, um, I was I was thinking about some some instances where I became stagnant, and I honestly can say that there were moments where I was afraid of failure, and I was afraid of success. Mm. So I just hovered in the middle, hoping Mm -hmm. that either. I I would go unnoticed or some miracle would happen and just, you know. (laughs) 
and I would get, and I would get, you just put your little left foot in and your little left foot out, and you put your left foot in, you shake it all out, and somebody was just going to just give you, bless you the opportunity, oh, okay. That, that, you know, somehow the winds of change would sweep me away, and I would, I would basically, what, what my terminology is, I would forest gump my way through life, and forest mm. gump my way through that situation, and then I wouldn't have to put too much effort in it, and then I would just get swept away into it and go, oh my gosh, this is what I always wanted. I've I've had moments like that where. But wait, 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 and, wait, 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 though. Forrest Gump, wait, wait, because it's it's crazy that you would use that um, analogy because Forrest Gump, in my opinion, was never really quite aware of his limitations. He would just be, I'm here. I'm here. I'm with you guys, and this is how life is gonna go. I don't think he was. I don't think he was so focused on what his limitations were to the extent that his limitations weren't limitations at all. In a sense, this is he true. was able to this just steam, you know, steamboat through that thing. But right. uh, you know, no one is going to. You have to want it, and no one yeah. is gonna want it. Like you know, you know, sometimes our family there for us. Sometimes we have some good friends and people in our corner. But at the end of the day, your fear of not achieving it has to be greater than your fear of failure, and that some way somehow has to override your being stagnant on purpose. Right, right. It, it has to be. You know, um, I remember. I had a, a paper to write for a class, and I I so didn't want to write the paper. And I had all of my resources together, and I basically just would read a chapter and then go, all right, maybe I'll write the paper tomorrow. Maybe I'll start it tomorrow. And then I would write a sentence and just kind of fluff my way. And... Then I was upset when I got back my grade. <laughs> mm. Mhm. Mhm. Because like, you I'll... didn't put. Yeah, you didn't think that it was. Go- Did you think that it was going to be all that it could have been? I I had talked myself into believing that I had worked hard. Oh. I had so you self-sabotaged. Yes, I I did. I convinced myself that the little bit that I was doing was enough. I literally, and and it was just, it's laughable now because I know that I didn't do the work that I should have done or even could have done, abilities that I have. I didn't do it. But I convinced myself because I I didn't want to do it that the little work that I did was good enough. And I think a lot of times, yeah, Mm -hmm. please, come on, let's talk about it. (laughs) I got somebody for you, though. I got somebody for you today that's going to help you. Because this brother right here, (laughs) this brother right here, he does the work, and he has done the work. Do good. I want to introduce you to somebody. He is a a brother in the arts to me. His name is Charles Curtis. He is from Yonkers, New York, (laughs) native musician. He's an actor, director, teaching artist, playwright, commission playwright. Curtis has earned his Bachelor's of Arts degree in voice performance from Presbyterian College prior to his graduate studies in music and counseling at the University of South Carolina 
His performance credits span different performance mediums, including opera, musicals, stage plays, and films. He uh, was recently most seen in uh, the HBO's miniseries Show Me a Hero, which I loved, with Dominique uh, uh, Fishback. I love her. Along with his NYU's uh, performance of My Brother's a Keeper, he has produced, directed, and worked at Brooklyn's The Brick Theater, as well as other indie projects. And his most recent project, Strings, which was um, also completed a 10-week run at the New York City's Davenport Theater. Mr. Curtis' writing achievement includes a playwriting scholarship from Axial Theater and being a featured playwright at the 2011 National Black Theater Festival, the 2014 D.C. Black Theater Festival. And outside of the performing world, Curtis is a voice and performance coach and lectures on the use of hip-hop in teaching life skills and as an alternative to traditional talk therapy. I want to introduce you to my friend, my brother in the arts, Mr. Charles Curtis. Charles Curtis, are you on the line? Yes, ma'am, I'm on the hey. line. <laughs> hey, Charles, welcome hey. to the Good Life. Listen, y'all make me sound so interesting on this thing. Hey! <laughs> that, that's because you are, honey. That's because you are. Yeah, we are so excited about your upcoming production strings. I will make every effort to be there. I will be there because I want to see your work in action and on stage. I am so proud of you. If anybody knows, uh, the last time I worked with Charles Curtis, we were in a production called um, Black Wall Street. And uh, Charles Curtis is not only a phenomenal playwright, he's also a phenomenal actor. So welcome, Charles. Thank you, thank you. You know, the first thing I want to mention is that, believe it or not, I had actually moved to New York not even a month before I was cast in Black Wall Street. So I was literally fresh off the boat um, back (laughs) in New York City, so to speak. And so it's just, it's been a phenomenal journey being back in New York for these past couple of years and have had such great opportunities to work with such amazing, phenomenal artists like yourself and just be blessed with the opportunity to show my work. So I'm just grateful. Wonderful. Now, how did you, how were you able to transition from acting to to uh, being a playwright? I know some people may think it's an easy transition, but it's not. How were you able to successfully do that? I mean, well, I can't ever tell this story without telling where I actually came from, which is, I start, believe it or not, I started out as an opera singer. And I had been doing that prior to me acting. And Mm -hmm. so I wanted more on-stage experience, and so that's what I did. I started auditioning and got a couple roles and got a couple opportunities to direct some work. And I was was spending a good bit of time working on brand-new work, you know, working with young playwrights, um, seeing their words and seeing their stories and thinking, heck, you know, how great it is to see your work on the stage. And so one day I decided, I said, you know what? I'm going to write me a play. And I mm. stayed up all night for like three, four nights straight, and I wrote something. I'm not going to say it was good, but I wrote something nonetheless. Okay. And so just from there, it's, it's now it's every time I see something on the street, I'm thinking, oh, man, that would make a great story. Or, you know, <laughs> oh, I, you know you're on the, the two train ride at home, and you're like, oh, God, there's a story in itself um, right, right here. But. The the transition for me from actor to playwright, it was kind of an interesting one, you know, because as an actor, you're you're just kind of, as when you're working with a director or working with a playwright um, who's also a director, it's always their words, their story, their point of view, 
and and how they want to see things. But then as a writer, you have such you have so much more freedom in the fact that you can just create this whole world and now everyone has to live in it with you. Mm. And so it's it's just been a great, great time working with some amazing actors here in the city um, and the fact that they get to live in my head for a little while and no one gets to, you know, say anything otherwise. Right. So tell me, what stories are you more drawn to in terms of the type of stories that you want to tell? You know, uh, it's funny that you say that because strings is actually the most far away from things that I write. I, I don't write pieces like this. Um, more so, I'm more drawn to, like, family stuff, relationships. Um, I was telling someone a couple weeks ago that my writing style is really, I set up a situation, I throw a bomb in the middle of it and watch things happen. <laughs> you okay. know, and so, you know, like, I'll, I'll create a world with a couple of characters and there'll be, like, one situation and I'll just kind of throw a, a wrench in their plans and kind of see what, what happens when people react to certain things. And that's, those are the kinds of the stories that I, I like to write, you know, relationship pieces, pieces about families and friends and, and wanting to be or yearning for something. Those are the kinds of stories that I like. You know, and I, I think that a lot of people really kind of gravitate toward those stories. But given the climate of where we are in America on these right. past few years, that's what got me to put the relationship down and really talk about what's been going on in our world, what's been going on with the needless deaths of our African-American men. And that's what, what prompted me to write this story. Um, things came out of another piece that I'm, I'm struggling to write called The People versus Trayvon Martin and Other Nameless Black Men. Wow. And so I'm writing this piece, I'm writing this piece, and five pages in I'm looking at it like, oh, okay, yeah, I might need to delete this piece. And so literally what I did was I put two men in a room. I said one of them is, a, is about to be executed. The other one is set to defend him. Now go. Mm. Wow. And so that's kind of, and that's what this piece is about. This piece is about a man who is set to be executed. And we find out that the day of his trial is actually the same day of his execution, which is today. And huh? he meets his lawyer for the very first time today. Wow. 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 And we find wow. out that the reason why he killed, what, the reason why he's set to be executed is because he killed 13 people. Okay. Hmm. But when you ask him, he says that he did it to heal his community. You know, one of the lines that says, um, now imagine you were forced to sit, your, sit and watch your neighborhood wither and die, like watching cancer slowly kill someone you know. What would you do? How far would you go for justice? This sounds and very compelling and provoking, and I'm just I, I am I'm it interested does. to see the different layers that is going to that you that definitely you're going to uncover with these characters. Now, tell me who is in the cast. Oh man, see, I have been blessed to um, to double cast this piece. I have four amazing actors. Um, so it's depending on what weekend you come. If you come March 11th and 12th, which is this Friday and Saturday, mm-hmm. then you will see uh, Jean Presenter and Leighton okay. Samuel. Mm-hmm. And if you decide to come next weekend, you will see Moses Sassay and Cheney Morgan. And they're just, oh, man, just 
it's it's funny. I have one script. I haven't changed the script. I haven't made any additions to the script for each for each cast. But watching both of those groups of guys perform, it's just worlds apart. You know, it, it's like three people can read the same story, and each of them takes something different from it. And so watching both of these different stories, even though it's the same script, it's, just, it's phenomenal what these actors are doing with the script. So I can't say I have a favorite because I don't. I mean, I, I love both of those stories equally. So I'm just going to tell you, you have to come both weekends. That's that's just that's going to have to be that. Yes, and you have it at a, it's a lovely space uh, with Harlem Repertory Theater, the Laviera. Uh, <laughs> I'm getting tongue tied, child, thinking about what you said. <laughs> the Laviera Theater. Good lord. Actually, it's not and... in that space. Believe it or not, oh, it's you... actually in the black box space, which is in the same complex. But um, I was. In the space yesterday, and I met some of the people who live in the building, and they said that it's it was most recently called the Red Carpet Theater. So oh, if you know anything okay. about the um, about that area, about that building, that's what it's called. It's called the Red Carpet Theater, even though now it's called the Black Box Space. Um, but it's a great space, um, and I'm gonna have a, a great great time having fun in it. It okay, definitely so sounds like. Some information, uh, yes, definitely give our uh, uh, do-gooders some information as to the time, the dates, and clarify the space so that they can come out and support your work. Okay. Um, well, if you want more information about the show, um, be able to meet the cast or see some information about the cast and see a couple of our promotional items, you can go to the Strings website, which is stringstheplay.com. If you want, if you're on, if you happen to be on Facebook, you can also find our Facebook. Um, page, which is Strings to Play, or you can go to our Facebook event, um, just search up Strings uh, Play by Charles Curtis. Um, performances are March 11th, which is a Friday, and March 18th, which is also a Friday at 7.30, and it's in the Harlem Repertory Theater's black box space. If you go to Harlem Repertory Theater, if you know anything about it, um, the address is, I believe, 240 East 123rd and they'll direct you right to the black box space. And on the Saturday, which is March the 12th and March the 19th, I have two shows for your view and convenience at 1 and 7.30. Um, tickets are $25 in advance, 30 at the door, and you can purchase your tickets on strengstheplay.com or just send me an email, a text message, a carrier pigeon, or anything. <laughs> <laughs> Go ahead, Shay. You had one comment for Mr. Curtis. No, I, I I was just saying that this definitely sounds like um a a emotional um roller coaster and it's something that I, I would love to see. I'm definitely going to get my tickets. I'm actually on the website right now. So let me do it. Because <laughs> we support over here. Yes, we do. We do. I was working with an actor when we first started this project. And he said, Charles, you know, the thing about this show, the thing about the way you wrote the show is this. Me and my my show partner, we're the exact same person. The only mm -hmm. difference is I just happen to be born white. And he just wow. happened to be born black. Mm -hmm. But after looking mm -hmm. through it, you know, and, and that's, and so, even though I said that this piece is a lot different than what I normally write, I, I threw a couple of little relational 
kind of bits and pieces in it because that's what that's what this thing is all about. That's what we're all about, no matter what, no matter what your race is, no matter what your sexual orientation is, no matter where you were born, no matter what your upbringing was, we're all the same. We all bleed that same red blood. And so strings, you know, even though it talks a lot about, you know, the neighborhood and it talks a lot about um, the needless death of black men, it also talks about friendship. It talks about the real interpretation of the American dream and what that dream means for 2016. And so, like I said before, I'm really excited about the show. I'm really excited about all four of my actors and the amazing story that they tell. And I'm just grateful. That's, that's, I can't say it enough. I'm grateful. Well, I'm just so excited about where your career is going. I see you writing even more plays and really just traveling with your work, you know, and um, you have some phenomenal, I'm going to speak it, <laughs> you already have some phenomenal artists already on board, and I and I also see that continuing as well. You know, we definitely want to support you. We will be promoting uh, streams to play on our uh, social media platforms for you because I do believe in your work, and I have definitely seen you grow. You know, I have I keep my eye on you. In social media, I know that you have been working. I know that you've been working. So wherever you know I can support, I definitely will do so. Listen, do good is if you want to catch up more on Charles Curtis and his work, you can visit his website at www.charlescurtis.info. Once again, that's www.charlescurtis.info. Go out and see the play Strings. You have to support. It's going to be a phenomenal evening. Uh, definitely go get your tickets. Go get your tickets. It's doable. Okay, <laughs> all in repertory theater. Thank you so much, Charles, and we will definitely be out Thanks, to see guys. you. All right. All right. <laughs> all right. Take care. All right. All right. Take care. That is wonderful. Uh, isn't that something that's timely? Yeah, relevant definitely. to what's going definitely. on today. And and you know, there's some artists, there's some emerging playwrights that's out there that's really doing some relevant work. You know, mm-hmm. um, I you know, I'm gonna be honest with you. I I, I started writing again, Shay. If you've been looking Did on you? Do Good it's <laughs> on Instagram, I'm gonna put my little writing, my little writing segments up there because you know sometimes you just have to get out of your head, especially with living. Because we we broadcast live every Wednesday 8 p.m. from Brooklyn, New York, and living in New York is just a, I mean, I love my city, but I will tell you, especially if you are, you know, traveling, uh, you know, public transportation, it's psychologically, you go through a lot just to live in this city, the things that you see on a day-to-day basis that you can become desensitized to. Definitely. You know, and just different things that we experience, even as people of color in the neighborhoods that we live in, uh, there's some things we just have to tuck in the crevices of our mind just to get through the day and get through the week. And so it's important when you have, um, when you can, whether, listen, whether you're writing poems, whether you're writing a play, or whether you're just writing in your diary, it's really important to get out of your mind, to kind of get your thoughts on paper, to get, you know, to kind of, you know, not saying stop the tape recorder from going, but, you know, just to get into a solace place. And for some people, that's writing. From others, that's, you know, expressing other forms of creativity like art or painting. Um, for me, it's writing and, 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 and the arts. And the same thing with you, Shay. I mean, you know, mm-hmm. and, and your singing and all of that. I mean, it's just, I think it's part of some, um, I think it's part of emotional and mental health. 
What you think? You, yeah, you definitely have to um, find an outlet. Um, you know, regardless of where you're living, you have to find an outlet in order for you know your own sanity because. There is so much going on, um, you know, whether it's in the city that you live in or, you know, the job that you work at or even just, that, you know, in your dealings with your family members and loved ones that you can't continue just to keep pushing it down because it's going, you know, it will either explode or implode, you know, mm-hmm. depending on how stressful oh, the situations are. And, you know, as we're talking about <clears throat> living out your, you know, your dreams and, and, and stepping out on faith, you definitely don't want those um, those feelings and that stress to impede your success. You don't want, you know, a setback, at, you know, whether you're, you know, health-wise or even just emotionally to be a setback. So you definitely have to find some outlet, like you said, whether it's writing, painting, even exercising, um, you know, doing crossword puzzles, helping out a, a you know a neighbor that needs assistance, doing some type of charitable work. You have to find that outlet so that you can stay connected to you know what you enjoy, but then also just release some some stress because living in this world today, it can it'll drive you crazy. Barbara Gay said it best. It makes you want to holler. <laughs> right, it does. It does. It does. And you people need a release. People need a release yeah. and a release. You know, mm-hmm. and find do good as find yours. Find what it is. Hopefully, it will be constructive and it will add yeah. to your life. And just like with Charles Curtis, you know, um, his uh, his writing and his skill has you know opened doors for him and other opportunities. And I definitely see a long career ahead of him. He's done so well so far thus far. Yeah, you know, and definitely. I'm just—I don't know. I just think, right? Maybe it's because spring, you know how I feel about the seasons. Maybe it's because spring is near. I just feel like <laughs> I just feel like this is a time um, where creativity and starting afresh and and going for new things and and new ventures and stuff like that. This is a time. Um, it follows along with the season. Things are in bloom. Things are in blossom. And you know, around this time, I really start thinking about what I need to clear out. Um, what's toxic in my life and what's not? Um, you know, what what is it that I need to revisit and and change or get rid of? Is there something I need to welcome back? Whatever it is, um, this is the time to start thinking about that. And 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 whatever it is that you discover, if it's positive, if it is helpful, if it's productive, put your all into it because it's about it's really about self care. And every all these things that we've talked about since January seventh of uh, two thousand fifteen till today, everything that we've talked about in some way, shape or form is really all tied into self care. Definitely you know, and self preservation. I mean, I think a lot of times we we feel as though or we sometimes we um are told that you know, you don't have to worry about that. Let things take care of themselves. You know, time will pass and only time, you know, time will take care of that. But you do have to, like you said, you do have to pay attention to, you know, what's going on and the seasons because you don't want to, you know, continue to hold on to things that, you know, are going to make you sick. 
you know, let's, let's, it all boils down to whether it's mentally, emotionally, or even, you know, hindering something that you want to do. It's making you sick, and you don't want to continue to go season into season and year after year with things that are that are going to cause you to be ill, you know, mm-hmm. and 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 just continue to hold you back. You know, that's what we were talking about earlier is, you know, what are the steps that you're taking in order to be, you know, at the level of success that you want to be at? And, you know, just like Charles, he said, you know, I, I didn't see what I wanted to see, so I started writing. <laughs> right. You know. And that's the thing. I, you got to be a change agent. If you don't see it, create it. If no one's yeah. talking about it and you think it's worthy to be examined, then you do it. You be the catalyst. You pick up the, the you know, you pick up the torch. You wave the, the flag. You you do it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, definitely. Because we can't we can't continue to go on complaining about things that are going on in our lives, things that are going on in society, and not, you know, doing something positive about it, you know, and not changing what the the energy and the atmosphere is. We can't we we are not in the in the time and space anymore in two thousand and sixteen to sit idly by with about anything. We don't mm-hmm. have that type of time, you know. Right. We don't have it with anything, with, you know, what's going on politically, what's going on in our communities. We don't have the luxury anymore to just sit back and allow things to happen and wait for somebody else to do the work. We don't We don't have that. We don't have it anymore. It's not there. So you, no, you have to, there. you know. Yeah, you have to figure out what is it that, how are you going to contribute to change? You know, how are you going to contribute to the change in your life and in the lives of others? And how are you going to inspire other people to want to do the same thing? You have to figure it out. You have to find a way, you know, whether it's like you said, Ariaga, through writing, through poetry, through, you know, writing plays or, or screenplays. Um, you know, I've seen so many um, clips online in the last few months of people just getting together with somebody and someone had a, you know, a camera and they just started filming and just, you know, creating short films. And, you know, going around and shopping them to many little um, film festivals, and it's creating a buzz. And now they're, you know, they're bringing um, topics to the table and bringing things to the forefront of conversation. We have to start having more dialogue. Yeah. You're so right. And people are doing a lot with little. Um Yeah. Steve Harvey, and I've just grown in love with watching his show. And mm-hmm. I'm hoping Wednesday we could be on the Steve Harvey show. You know what I'm saying? Like I want to put on a cap. Let's put it out there. Put it out there because you know one thing he do, one thing I will say it to me Steve Harvey is the ultimate do gooder, and he does have segments um, on his show where he will bring. You know, I remember one time he brought a makeup artist out. He gave her a few minutes to talk about how she started. He brought out the other day I saw, maybe it was earlier this week or last week, he had people who really made money off of their social media accounts and how they mm-hmm. did that. This one girl, oh, I wish I could remember her name. This one girl, she said she's made a, a million or so off of, you know, she would just take um, 
uh, she would do Vine videos, you know, comedic things or what have you, or just, you know, things, you know, Vine videos. And then I think because she got a following also doing her Vine videos, um, companies would contact her. Can you, because once she built, I don't know, maybe like a million followers or so, um, when she got to a certain level, then different companies contacted her and was like, can you um, do a Vine video? Because they would do direct marketing. So instead of the company saying they're going to put together, I don't know, a hundreds of thousand dollar commercial, why don't we look to see who your audience is? Oh, your audience is our audience? Wonderful. So, so can you, <laughs> we'll pay you, okay, to put together a 15-second Vine or a 15-second something on Instagram, and that will directly hit our target market. And one of the last videos that she did was for Toyota Camry. Mm-hmm. She said, I won't even tell you how much money I made off of that 15-second video. 15-second <laughs> video. Right. I won't even tell you how much, <laughs> how much money I made. Okay? So um, that's what I'm saying. People who do a whole lot with just a little bit. And you'll be, you'll be really surprised. You know, one girl, the lady that it was a lady. Um, she had a a lingerie line, I think. She had a lingerie line, and she put her all into it, her and her husband. And um, she said she went somewhere, and uh, Steve Harvey was there, and she was trying to get to Steve Harvey to talk to him. And Steve Harvey, I guess for some reason, he had a meeting, whatever. He wasn't able. He didn't even know she was there. Like she missed him. She had just missed him. So I think she said she was in the hallway. Now, look, look at this. Now, listen to this. She okay. said she was in the hallway crying about, oh, I just missed Steve Harvey. I came all the way out here. I missed Steve Harvey. Some woman came up to her and said, why are you crying? And she said, I miss Steve Harvey. I have this product. And I really, you know, I just knew in my heart that I was supposed to see him today. I was supposed to connect with him. Child, do you know she didn't even know she was talking to the, the, the <laughs> she was talking, Who's and I wish I knew the exact story, but this lady was like, she was talking to like, I don't know if it was the head of HSN or the, the CEO of the whoever of, uh, oh, I think it was somebody at Essence Magazine, it was, was somebody, a big top person, and it was like, okay, well, this is what we'll do <laughs> for you, and they gave her a major platform, and here she is talking about this story on Steve Harvey. You understand? Like something that she thought was a misstep. She was too right. late. She was right on right. time. Right, right, right. I see Steve Harvey. He's walking out the door. I missed it. No, you're right on time because the person that you were supposed to, you thought you were supposed to be here, but the person that was going to get you to where you need to go was right there behind you. Right, Walking right. up. Still, she got to the Steve Harvey, but look at that. So the way you think is going to happen, it may not happen like that. Sometimes it ain't the front door. Sometimes it's the back door. You know what? Exactly. I'm about to catch the Holy Ghost right now. Come because, on now. <laughs> the Spirit's about to come upon me because sometimes it's the back door. Right, right. <laughs> you know, we, you we're not, exactly. We're not, we're not the designers of, you know, our lives. Our lives have already been preordained. But we're so busy always trying to, you know, run the run the play. You know, I, I love football. So we're always trying to run the play. Sometimes you just have to be still and listen and, and do the work first. That's number one. Do the work. Find out what it is that you are, what, what brings your heart joy. We've talked about it on so many episodes. What is it that makes you happy? What is it that brings you joy? 
do that, do the work, and then all of the doors that are, that need to be opened for you and to you will open. But you can't run the play and try to control how it's going to work. And I right. feel like sometimes we get in the way because we want it to look a certain way and we want the certain person to look a certain way or be a certain, you know, person. Like you said, she was looking for Steve Harvey. That wasn't the person who would have gotten her the platform that she needed. She needed HSN. <laughs> It was HSN, it was a magazine, it was something, it was a major platform. And now, whatever money she had started with, she's in the millions with this company. Right. And then, of, right. co- of course, her being on Steve Harvey, I'm sure that has, you know, come on, skyrocketed since there. And so I appreciate people like Steve Harvey who, you know, say, you know, I have this platform, I'm going to put this person here to encourage somebody else. You know, he'll do little segments where just, you know, he'll just have somebody on and they'll just talk about how they was able to get from nothing to something. And that, and mm-hmm. to me, that's all, it's, it's always good to see regular, ordinary, everyday people talk about how they became a success and how they did it with the whatever that they had in their hand. And that's what it's really, really all about, believing that you have, having, having a vision, believing that your vision is enough, believing that you're enough to get it, to see it come into right. fruition, and going forth and doing that and understanding and knowing that, listen, it may not be smooth sailing along the way. Hey, you may not have 200,000 followers. You might just got a few hundred. Hey, you might just have 100. But don't think that where you are today is the end of the last chapter, the end of the story. It's not, you know. It's and, definitely and, not. Um, it, encouraged my, it encouraged my soul. I don't know about nobody else. <laughs> but that encouraged me. It really, really, really did. Because I have big, you know, I'm just going to put it out I'm gonna put it out there. I would love for us to be uh, featured as, you know, um, you know, like like she had her segment. I would love for us to be on Steve Harvey. I would love for us to be uh, guests on to to host the um, real, uh, the, the girl chat with the real, uh, <laughs> with the real table yes. on the real. I would love for us to do that. Because they they have invited everyday ordinary people to host, you know, for them. And so these are the visions I have for us. Now, listen, do I? I, I don't know how it's going to happen. I don't have any contacts with anybody on the real. I don't know Steve Harvey. I don't know anybody that does. But you know what? I'm going to put it out there. Right. I mean, we we know someone who knows someone, and that's that's normally how it happens. What, what, hey. um, there's always six degrees of separation, so you know we may not. We're gonna put it out there. So do good if if you know someone who knows <laughs> someone who knows another person. That's just right. Put a little word for them, us, y'all. Have them to put. Have them to send us an email and go open other doors at hotmail dot com. That's it. Yes, and have <laughs> them listen to our and have them listen to our previous archived podcasts, which are also on iTunes. We are under the society and culture section, um, mm-hmm. and the sub uh, the subcategory of that is personal journals. So all of our podcasts are on iTunes, and of course, if you go on blogtalkradio.com dot com forward slash go open other doors, you can also download and listen 
you can uh, listen and or download any of our um, archive podcasts as well, and that's also where you can go listen to us live as you're listening to us now. But I'm going to put it out there, and some people are afraid to say um, that because they, whatever it is, because it seems too big, it seems too grand, or they don't want people to know that that's what they really want. But I'm okay because I'm, I'm, this is what I want, and I can't, and and it can't happen if I don't, um, if I don't acknowledge that that is what I want. That is what I would love to do for this platform for us to get even more global visibility, and particularly on a platform where I think that our personalities can definitely flourish and shine, and and we can be um, a good asset in that in that little you know three minutes, four minutes, whatever that they may give us. And I'm mm-hmm. more happy for that. And hopefully, if you know when that does happen for us, I'm putting it out there that we can inspire other people to dream big. Definitely. That's what it's really all about. <laughs> that that's all it's about. And I think, you know, all of our lives should be about inspiring someone else to to dream big and explore the possibilities. Um, you know, because we're not benefiting anyone if we if we remain small. You know, and our lives we weren't created to to just, you know, go to work, come home, go to sleep, get up, go to work, come home, Take go to sleep. No, you know, it, it just it, our lives are not just about that. For some people, that's okay, but I know for a lot of us, we're always wondering whether or not we're commuting, you know, or we're even just sitting watching the kids on the swings. Is my life just supposed to be this? And if you've ever asked yourself that, then the answer is no. So you have to start doing the work, and you have to dream big. You know, we we dream big. We dreamed really big. <laughs> really, really big. And and it, I, it's okay. Yeah. You know, and and there's nothing wrong with dreaming big because at least you're exploring the possibilities of what can actually be. You know, it everything may not happen, but at least you've said, you know what, it may be possible. And I'm just going to see how far we can go with this, how far I can reach. But you never know if you don't try. If you don't ever try, you never know. Right. If you don't knock, the door won't be open. You don't know who's on the other side of that door that might just mm-hmm. open that door. You really don't know. And so, again, back to self-care, back to belief in yourself, back to being a go-getter, you know, it's it's all about self-care, and it's about inspiring the next person who can inspire the next person who can inspire the next person. It's about impacting and affecting change, starting with yourself, man in the mirror. Mm-hmm. As my beloved Michael mm-hmm. Jackson used to say, you yes, got to start first. In order to make an impact in the world, you got to start first with the man in the mirror, self-care. If you want to be, you know, you talk about being a do-gooder, go-getter, it got to start at home first. It got to start with you. And then that will be the domino effect for the world, for the next person who's looking at you and the next person who's looking at them. Just like I'm sitting mm-hmm. up here talking about something I saw on Steve Harvey, I may never meet those people, but I'm talking about them today. <laughs> Right, right. I'm talking about them. So it made an impact on me. This lady with her lingerie line, the the, the young um, sister with the with the the 15 second Vine video, that made an impact on me to say, you know what? Wow, this girl is self sustaining. She is sustaining herself with these little videos. Something that started out as just like a little pastime, right? A right, hobby, right? Right. 
It's funding her whole life. You understand what I'm saying? Right. (laughs) And this is is now her reality, that she makes 15-second videos and probably rakes in more money than than we will ever know. (laughs) Well, you know what? I'm going to know it because I'm (laughs) going to call things out and I'm going to say that, you know, uh, know, definitely success is already mine. It's already ours. And just by us continuing what we're doing, we are a success. There have been people that have listened listened to us since the beginning, people that maybe pop in or pop out. That I'm sure there's something that we've said on this platform that has got gotten our listeners to thinking, to thinking about their lives, thinking about wh- what they want to change, thinking about, you know, past experiences and maybe uh, cutting off some cycles and re- restarting new positive, um, uh, you know, just a new generating positivity in their lives and starting afresh. I'm sure there's something that we've said that has been a domino effect for somebody else. And I want us to I want us to, to keep going because I have such a, a large vision for what this can be and what it can do in our lives and in the lives of the people that we reach and touch. So do good as if you're out there and you have a dream, it's enough. If you are enough if you have a vision, don't second guess it. Try. Give yourself a chance. Okay, fine. Maybe it may not work out the first time, but that doesn't mean you got to give up. There's always a second time and a third time and a fourth time and a fifth time. And trust me, at some point, you're going to get on the wheel. It's going to turn. It's going to move. It's going to have traction. It's going to go. It's going to fly. But you have to believe it. You have to be your first investor. That's and you right. have to stop talking about woulda, coulda, shoulda, because that's not going to get you anywhere but stuck in a stagnant place. That's right. We want. We only want you the best for you. Right. Determined to be a do-gooder. Put that goal in sight and go open up the doors for yourself and ultimately for others. Remember, whatever you want in life, do good as you can have it, because I do good as I go get it. So get up and go Get it! Go get it, everybody.